to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor. I'm your host, and I am so grateful you're here. It is a wonderful week in the summer of 2020. Uh, and as we are finding, there is a lot of change in the world, uh, both the personal world and also uh, the world at large, which led me to um, the topic that I'm going to talk about today. And that is boundaries. And I don't know about you guys, but um, with change comes the inevitable uh awareness of whether or not you are keeping your boundaries or if people are pushing you past your boundaries or if you are um, not upholding your boundaries. And so that has been my lesson. Oh boy, has really been the lesson that has been coming up for me in um, the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, both in business and in personal um Situation. So it's just been really interesting. And I thought it would be very helpful for you all in your business as also, um, and also, you know, business and personal life overlap to some degree in all situations. So um, establishing healthy boundaries, I think is a great way to um, be successful in both arenas. And that can come from like, you know, establishing effective boundaries with colleagues, with clients, with um, your children, perhaps your spouse, your significant others, family members, um, and just, you know, holding your own. So I wanted to give you some of the lessons that I learned and some of the tips that I learned along the way in hopes that they help you establish boundaries in in your life so that you can thrive and really um, grow not only as a person, but grow your business and, you know, master all of your dreams and the things that you're really wanting to achieve, um, not only this year, but just overall. So um, let's jump right into it. The um, the biggie for me that, you know, it seems so simple when I'm going through these lessons as I was writing them down, I'm like, but they're so hard to get sometimes. Um, but one of the biggies is like, when you are not holding up your boundaries, it's really, um, easy or it's a giant flashlight. It's not easy. It's a giant flashlight um, of realization about what you do want and what you don't want. And um, if you're not upholding your boundaries, the things that you don't want are going to show up more. And I wish that there was an easier way to learn this, but there really isn't. So um, let's, let's take example for, a, for example, a client. So if there's a certain type of client that you don't like to work with, because they're really, I don't know, I have some people that have come into my business in the past that they required a lot of extra work. They were a little bit high maintenance and you just, sometimes you don't know better. And then you get a client that you just love and you love everything about them and you love working with them. And you just, you are really passionate about what they're doing. And they're just genuinely amazing people. And then you have that contrast and you're like, oh, I want all of my clients to be like this person because it's so much easier to do what I do and to um, give them my expertise and to really be a shining light in their world versus somebody that you're like have to pull them along like a, I always think of like a pack mule trying to 
pull one of those giant sleds of like I don't know, uh, from from the movies where they had these giant sleds of like hay or whatever on this giant and you're trying to pull it along and you're like, oh, it's so hard. And you don't want that. And so when you're effectively holding your boundaries, that's that definitely means um, you have to know what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. And that's the only way you can do that is by realizing the, the things that you really do want more of your, in your life and the things that you don't want more of in your life. And so for me, um, another one that came up with boundaries is like, I just decided, and I decided this quite some time ago, and then I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit during coronavirus, and then I got right back on the wagon because I realized um, what it meant to my sanity. But that is, I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. I don't watch the news. I have a, um, and I'm sure I've mentioned this a couple times before, but I have a couple of resources that I get um, on a weekly basis that give me the summation every day of the things that I have to know. And even those I will skim. Literally, I'm just like, oh, it's too much. I can't deal. But enough to like keep me informed, but not overwhelm me. I am so exhausted by our, um, the sensationalism of our media and the corruption that it creates among people and the division it creates among people that I just can't hack it. And so that's a boundary I put up, but I'm like, you know, if you want to watch the news, you go for it, but I don't want to talk about it. And a perfect example of this is my mom. I love her, but she is, she's totally addicted to the news. Like I'll call her every day. Um, I usually call her a couple times a day, but in the morning, and if she's watching the news and she starts like, um, I don't want to say mimicking, but she'll like, just is a, she's like a commentator on everything that's going on. I'm like, I don't want to know this. And if you want to talk about this, then I'm going to hang up and you can call um, someone else to talk about it with, because I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear what they're talking about. I don't care. I really don't. It's not that I don't care what's going on in the world. I just don't want to hear um, the overblown um, perception of that, of that, of what is going on, because it's not, it's not based in reality. It's based on what will sell and what will keep people hooked. And so when I say I fell off the wagon with coronavirus, I totally bought into the, like, oh, I got to go and see what the reports are. And like, what are you doing? This is like eating up so much of your energy. It's ridiculous. And then I just had to put the kibosh on that. And it doesn't mean that I'm not aware. Like I know what's happening in the world for the most part, but I am not tuned into like every news story and every detail and I'm just, I won't buy into it. It's just, it's a time suck and it's an energy suck. And I have much bigger things to accomplish as do you. So take that with a grain of salt. You know, if you love watching the news, more power to you, but I would definitely take a look at what impact it's having on your business and your life. And, you know, are you okay with that? That that leads us to the point number one, are you okay with um, having that in there? Is that something you want more of? Or would you rather have um, something else? Because it's a trade off, you can't have more of one thing without um, having less of another. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, The other benefit of figuring out your boundaries and determining what it is you do and don't want and what you will accept and what you won't accept is that it helps you to reestablish and reconnect to the goals you have. Because if I have goals of say creating a million dollar company in the next three to five years, then I have things that I need to accomplish in order to make that happen. If I am completely distracted by watching the news every day or getting on Facebook and getting my news or getting on YouTube and watching um, whatever kind of videos that aren't, you know, leading me to my goals, those are all choices that I've made, but they are, um, 
deterring me and distracting me from getting to where I want to be. And so it's easy to lose sight of where you want to go and what you want to happen when you're distracted and um, something else has your attention. And so when you have to put up those boundaries, and this can be for relationships too, like I've had several people in my life that I've just, I've had to say, you know, I love you, but I'm going to love you from afar because they are toxic to my my world to um to the way i believe to what i want to attract into my life and it's it's not that they are toxic per se it's that their decisions their choices and their behavior are toxic and i don't want to pick that energy up because as i've talked to you all before energy is what we're made up it's what makes the universe go round And when we allow other people's energy to come into our sphere, for lack of a better term, um, that can either empower or disrupt us. And so I have, um, I don't have very many of these people in my life anymore because I've kind of weeded them out. I always look at like, it's like a garden. It's not that they have to go away. They just have to be planted somewhere else. And so um, I have a few of those people that they'll show up just out of the blue. And, you know, we haven't talked for a long time. And then I realize, oh, there's a reason we haven't talked for a long time. <laughs> and I was, and it really uh, comes down to like you outgrow people or they're, they're in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And um, some of those people that are only there for a reason will show back up and you're like, oh, I don't know. Um, so it, when you have goals that are firmly in your mind and it's easier to set those boundaries and be like, hmm, no, you know, you're not in alignment with where I'm going or what I want to accomplish and the, the things that I want to do while well, I have limited time on this planet. So um, I wish you well be blessed, off you go. And it's easier to just sort of let the go, let them go in a very kind and um, compassionate way. And then there's other times that you have um, people that stick around that are just like, oh, why are they here? And I really believe that there are people that show up in your life um, because they have lessons to teach you. And, and most often that you have lessons to teach each other. And so they'll keep showing up, whether it's them or somebody that's just like them and tell you, embrace and get what it is you're supposed to be getting. And usually it's something about yourself. So um, that's another great way for you to reestablish and reconnect to where you want to go to. Because if you're distracted by what's happening over here, you better get that mess cleaned up so that you can move forward and become the person um, that you want to become and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Because if not, you'll just keep repeating the the pattern and you'll never move forward. And so, Boy, has that been a good one for me. I've had that lesson come up many, many times. Um, I am not typically a person that holds on to to the mass of people. Um, I made up in a word a word this morning. Um, acquaintancing. I'm not good at, at acquaintancing, which means um, I can have acquaintances, but I don't like I don't run out and try to gather up a whole bunch of acquaintances. It doesn't, it's not important to me. I would rather have a few people that I'm really close to that I connect with and that are authentic and that really want to have deep, deeper, meaningful conversation. And I am blessed by like the best group of people around me. They're supportive. They're, they're just amazing human beings. And I just, I, every time I think about the people that are around me that are in my life, they're just really, I just really have amazing friends. Um, and that's on purpose. Um, and I, 
not to overstep, I don't want to say that I um, am just like them, but like attracts like, and I really try hard to show up for them in an amazing way as well. So if you have kind of a shiitake level of people in your life, you need to take a good look in the mirror and say, okay, why? What what do I need to shift about myself? What Who do I need to become in order to attract the people that I really want into my life? And there are some people... Um, that will show up or that have been in my life, for example, that um, I really want them to be something other than what they are. And I can see the potential in them, but they don't see it and they don't want to take the action or initiative to do that. And that leads me to another um, another item down the list. And I, I'm going to get to that in a minute, because if I go out of order, then I'll forget what I which ones I've done. So um, anyway, reestablish and reconnect to your goals by putting your boundaries in place. So number three is, um, this is one of my mentor sayings, and it is my absolute favorite saying. I say it all the time. But if you say no to something, you are saying yes to something else. And um, if you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. And so when you're making those decisions about what you're going to say yes to, it's really important to stop for a minute and say, okay, if I say yes to this client, this job, this project, this um, household chore, this um, ice cream, (laughs) whatever, whatever choices you make, you're saying no to something else. So if you're saying, yes, I'm gonna have ice cream, then you're saying no, um, I'm not gonna sit on the couch after dinner, I'm gonna go for a walk because I need to burn off that ice cream. If you're saying yes to um, a client, then you're saying no to, for example, um, if I say yes to a client, I'm saying I'm putting another project that I have, like for example, the launch of my course on the back burner. And at some point, things will be unbalanced if you do not rectify that situation and really put on the forefront um, the things that you really want to happen and come to fruition in your life. And so I had a couple examples because um, I have a house with basically three teenagers in it and let's just face it teenagers are slops and i don't understand how they don't see that there's dishes in the sink that the floor is filthy that bathrooms have things growing in them like i just don't understand and so i said you know i spend a lot of energy on this i spend a lot of energy like yelling at people to clean the house or cleaning it myself or just like wrapped up in angst because it's dirty and i don't like it and i said you know what I have had enough. And so I said yes to a cleaning lady. And that is like a huge thing for me because I'm kind of like, uh, I was I was raised by the cleaning police. Um, <laughs> we always joke that my grandma's floor, you could totally eat up at my grandma's floor. And you probably could eat off of my mom's floor you would never want to eat off of my floor ever. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of like ironing. Like my grandma used to iron everything, including her underwear. And my mom still irons like her sheets. I literally don't iron anything unless I'm making a sewing project. Like I don't iron at all. There's no ironing that happens here. And so um, I, I say it just kind of like gradually got less and less important as the generations went. And so hiring a cleaning lady coming from the cleaning police is um, a pretty big deal. And I've had a cleaning lady a couple of times in the past, but this time I'm like, nope, this is like a permanent gig. Like I am not cleaning anymore. I'm not yelling at people about cleaning. 
I am not telling people that things need to be cleaned. I'm not doing it. And so lying in the ground or lying in the sand, um, stake in the ground, I was like, we're doing that. And um, there's, you know, some other projects around the house that needed to be done. One of them was like trimming trees. And I was like, you know, you can him and haw about the price of this. I don't know if you know about trimming trees, but um, I don't. Like we don't have that many trees. We have a pretty small yard. Um, but we have trees that, you know, our house is now, I don't know, it's over 20 years old. And so we have like trees that were like these little stubs when we moved in and now they're huge and um, they need to be trimmed. Well, I had no idea that tree trimming is ultra expensive. Just so you know, like heads up if you didn't know about tree trimming. Um, but I said, you know what? I don't care because I'm sick of like, there's dead branches that fly all over the yard. They're, it's hitting the house, ruining the paint. Um, we have a lot of wind where I live. So there's like always stuff blowing. And then there's like tree branches from the neighbor and the squirrels are on the roof. And I'm like, I, it's just a lot. And I was like, you know what? I don't care how much it is. We are getting the trees trimmed. And so, um, yeah, those are the decisions I made. So saying yes to those means I have like less to think about, less to worry about. Um, long term, there's like less angst and uh, worry about, you know, what my house is going to look like if people pop over. It's going to be, you know, somewhat clean. It might need to be tidied up because we have a lot of shoes around here, um, you know, with all the people that live here. But the reality is, is saying yes to all of those things um, has enabled me to say yes to some things that I want to do, like spend more time um, doing more yoga or going, you know, being out in nature, riding my bike or being more creative. Um, by saying, no, I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm giving them to someone else. I'm also giving them the opportunity to say yes, to make a positive change in their life. And so you never know what you saying, um, making a decision about, you don't know how that decision is going to impact someone else until it's been made. And so, um, you know, by hiring a cleaning service, I am now employing at least two of their employees once a month. Um, I'm bringing money into their families so that, you know, maybe they have kids that want to do music lessons or dance lessons, or they, you know, they have um, extra bills that they need to pay. Maybe they need to get a car. I don't know any of those things. I just know that the impact that I can make by saying yes to something or no to something in this case, it's kind of like yes to a cleaning lady. No, I'm not going to clean the house. So <laughs> it's it's a, it's kind of a confusing when you're talking about it that way. But but by me hiring them, it's enabling them to then say yes to something else instead of no. And so um, I love that saying. I'm going to say it one more time just so you can keep it in your mind. But when you say yes to anything, it means saying no to something else and vice versa. So um, number four, this is a big one. You are responsible for you and only you. This is, I think when you're a mom, like especially when you're a mom, um, it's really hard to not feel responsible for other people. And whether that's your kids or your older parents or, you know, a lot of times people will just pick up responsibility. And um, I listened to, oh, I can't even remember who said this. I think it was Darren Hardy. I listened to Darren. I've been listening to Darren Hardy for many years. Um, and sometimes I tune in and I tune out. Sometimes he gets a little bit on my nerves, but a lot of times he has some pretty good quips in there. But, um, you know, he told this story one time about how if, um, 
you have somebody that like will walk will say walk into the office or call you up on the phone and, and they'll just start complaining about like you know and i just don't they have this problem and um we'll use the example of um i'm trying to come up with a quick example but you know uh, i can't figure out what kind of car to buy there you go and so you know i keep driving all these different test models and then i, I don't know which one to buy and i just wish i had somebody to help me and then all of a sudden like you hang up with them and you're thinking about, well, they should totally get this kind of car and they should, you know, they have this kind of life. So they probably like this one. Then you're like, this isn't even my problem. Why am I picking this up? And he called it something like passing the monkey. And so the great way to handle that and not take responsibility for other people's stuff is to say just a really simple phrase. I'm sure you're going to figure it out because what it does to your brain is it says, Hey, that's their junk. You don't need to pick it up. You can put it in their trunk and they could drive away. So yeah, just say it. You know what? I'm sure you're gonna figure that out. The next time that somebody tries to jump, jump, you know, dump their monkey in your lap, you know what? Put that junk back in their trunk just by saying, hey, I'm sure you're gonna figure that out. Try it out. I would love for you to try it out. I have tried it. I never thought it was gonna work. I'm like, that's way too easy. It totally works. Especially if you say it out loud. Like there's something about uh, verbally verbalizing things. Um, but it enables you to let go of responsibility of what other people do. But in turn, that also means you have to take responsibility for your own actions, words, and, um, the things that you, you say you're going to do. So that's living in integrity. You have, if you say you're going to do something, do it. And so, um, being responsible for your actions, even though it's hard, sometimes to be responsible for those actions will propel your life more than anything else that I have ever taught you. Um, 100% radical responsibility will transform your life. 100%. Um, and I started to do that and it's, it's hard. Like it's not something you're just going to wake up one day and go, Hey, I have 100, 100% responsibility for all of my life. Because when you start thinking about even your thoughts and the thoughts that you have around things, it's much easier to go, oh, that's a society thing, or I'm like that because of, instead of like, no, I take responsibility for that thought. I take responsibility for that reaction. I take responsibility for um, my belief system. Um, and all of those, like, it just goes down to the minute level. And it's something that is, it's like meditation. <laughs> it's a practice. You have to practice it for the rest of your life. But you also have to be willing to take responsibility. And I have, um, I've had somebody that has come back into my life recently that I am now like, um, directing onto a different fork in the road. Um, because they don't want to take responsibility for their life. It's much easier for that person to remain a victim and to be, to play the blame game. Oh, it's so-and-so's fault. It's, it's your fault for making me feel bad. It's your fault. Um, it's so-and-so's fault that I lost my job. It's, and the reality is, is that you lost your job because you made decisions that, you know, created consequences that, led to your unemployment. And so what does that look like? Because there's a lot of people that have gotten laid out. I mean, that may not sit well with people. They're like, no, I lost my job because the company, blah, 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 blah. The company's, um, you know, getting rid of positions. Well, you set yourself up in a position to be expendable through your choices, your actions, and the things that 
you chose to do or not do. And by setting yourself up in that situation, you're not taking responsibility for the fact that maybe you got complacent, you didn't show up on time, um, you weren't putting your 100% effort into the job, whatever it is, like there's a reason they chose to lay you off versus A, B, and C. And so when you take radical responsibility for that, you can then make the changes so that it's easier for you to bump yourself back up energetically to attract a new position. And so I I don't know how to otherwise explain that, that because it's all energetic. Like if you focus on uh, oh, I lost my job and it sucks. And now I'm, you know, I'm probably gonna lose my house and then I'm gonna lose my car and I have a lemon and blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen because your mind is super powerful and it does not know the difference between a real thought, a conscious thought and a subconscious thought. So if that's what you're thinking all the time, that's exactly what's gonna happen. So I have a perfect example of this. Um, my aunt bought a car and she doesn't listen to this so I can talk to but <laughs> she bought a car and I love her but she's kind of a little bit crazy so she bought a car um, she does not like change at all like she is 1000% resistant to change she bought a car um, she had her other car for 16 years and the other reason she bought a new one is because she was pretty sure that it was going to keel over any day now and so <clears throat> She went to the dealership, my mom went with her, and she hemmed and she hawed, and anyway, she ended up getting an Escape, and it was like a 2019, brand new, off the lot, it had like seven miles on it. And she was pleased as punch with that car, and it was, I mean, it was cute, she brought it over, she was excited about it, so I saw it, and I was showing her how to do some of the things, because a lot changes in 16 years with the car, like, you know, the things that, if you haven't bought a new car, there's now USB plugs that your phone can connect directly to your dashboard and there's like all these little buttons and there's things there's not keys anymore there's just fobs like there's a lot of things and so um when you're older that's that can be a little overwhelming so she was pleased as punch and then about a week later my mom decided she's gonna get a bee in her bonnet and go get a new car because she had a giant navigator and she's like oh i'm too old to have a car this big and i'm like all right whatever if you couldn't catch my eye roll there and so I'm like, you're getting a car because Wally's getting a car, my aunt. And so, um, like, this is obvious to me. My mom's like, no, that's not it. So, you know, sisters, they never change. So then my aunt, all of a sudden, she sees my mom's car. And of course, she's jealous because it's a different car and it seems nicer and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, she goes to the mentality of my car is really great to, oh, hers is better. Well, now she's having all these car problems and we are 1000% sure that it's user error. Like we don't know how to, it's user malfunction. Like (laughs) I don't know how to prove it, but I know it. And so she keeps saying things like, yeah, I probably got a lemon. I'm like, yep, if you keep saying that you did. And she hates when I do that, but it's true. Like what you focus on, you create. So if you're focusing on not having enough people say on your email list, then you're, you're not gonna get more people. Whereas if you focus on, hey, I've had growth of 30 people this week on my email list, that's awesome. Like, sweet, I am growing, I'm going strong. Because then you're focusing on the growth versus the stagnation. And so um, that comes from taking responsibility for your thoughts, your words, and your actions. And so when you're saying words, things that you 
subconsciously believe or consciously believe, you will manifest more of it. And you're not taking responsibility for your part in that, whether you're aware of it or not. And so um, part of your boundary lesson is to take responsibility for what your boundaries are, what you put out into the world, both consciously and and, and unconsciously, and um, to only take responsibility for yourself. So that's number four, lots of responsibility there. Number five, this is a good one. And I just read a quote um, that I'm going to pull up really quick because it's so relevant, but um, is to not try to fix other people. And the quote that I'm going to read you is actually from Julia Roberts. And it's this could it talks about men and women, but this could apply to any situation out there. So the quote is, women, you are not rehabilitation centers for badly raised men. It's not your job to fix him, change him, parent or raise him. You want a partner, not a project. And that is so true. Whether you change women to business owners, you are not rehabilitation centers for badly raised clients. So it's not your job to fix them, change them, parent or raise them. You want clients, not pains in the butt. So you could change that quote and I'll stick that quote over in the show notes, show notes at elisaconnor.com forward slash 93. But what it is, is like, you're not going to fix people. Um, As much as you want them to be who you can see them and visualize them being, they have to make the choices and the changes. And some people will never do that. They never will. They're perfectly happy in their little land of Eeyore. Like I always think of Eeyore like, poor me. Anyway, but the reality is, is that they have to raise their vibration, take responsibility for all of their circumstances, their decisions, um, their words, their thoughts, and they have to reconnect with what it is they really want and put effort towards it. And if they're not willing to do that, you're never going to fix them. They have to do all of that work before they ever have a chance to get to who you envision them being. So quit wasting your energy on it. Like it's so exhausting to try and fix someone else when you could take that energy and that time and that frustration and put it into something that is fruitful for yourself. And that doesn't make you self-centered. That was a huge lesson for me to learn. It's like, oh, I should help them. You're not helping them. You're trying to fix them. And if you're trying to fix them, you can't work on your own stuff. And that's why we're here. Like we're here to learn our own lessons and to make progress and to impact the world. And when we let other stuff get in the way of that, we can't have any impact because we're too busy trying to clean up like the little guy with a broom. I don't know if you guys remember that back from the 70s, the little guy that he'd be like at the end of the movies and he had a little broom and he's like pushing the dirt out at the end of the movie. That's what it's like when you're trying to clean up and fix people. And you don't have time for that. You're not a broom pusher. You got stuff to do. So number five, don't try to fix other people. You can't fix them. They don't probably don't want to be fixed. And the only person that can fix them is themselves. So if you want to fix somebody, go pull out the mirror, start there. Number six, um, when boundary issues come up and you have to say no, and it's, hey, I'm the first to say, it is not easy to say no. Like no is a, it's a short word, but it is hard to say, especially in certain situations. And um, it gives you time when you are dealing with boundary issues to like take a breath 
and reflect like, okay, if I say yes to this, I'm saying no to something else. What does that feel like? What does it mean? It gives you time to recharge because if you don't take time to breathe and you don't take time to think and don't take time to be quiet, you're just going to end up frustrated and not know which direction you want to go. And it also gives you time to reevaluate where you are, where you've been, and where you want to go. And so those three items are, again, it gives you time to reflect, recharge, and reevaluate. And so when you're being faced by boundary issues and you don't know how to make a decision or um, you fear that you've made a wrong decision, first, you're going to feel it in your gut. And I have that, oh man, If once you start listening to your gut, it will like, it's like a Mike Tyson when you take a, <laughs> when you take a wrong turn. Um, but yeah, you'll feel it in your gut. And if it doesn't feel good and it doesn't make you energized and, uh, lift you up, then it you need to take time and do the triple R. Reflect, recharge, and reevaluate. Is this direction you want to go? Is this something that is recharging you? And is this really in alignment with where you want to go and who you want to be and what you want to accomplish? And so those three R's are so important in keeping one your happiness at a higher level, your joy and your fulfillment at high levels. Um, But it also helps you show up as a influencer and a authority to other, to other people. I don't know. I don't really love the word authority, but as someone who has been in their shoes, someone you can show up as someone that they look up to Um, a leader. I like that word better. You appear as a leader because you have made the decisions in alignment that are true to who you are and true to your authentic self and where you want to go versus like, I feel like when we don't set our boundaries and stick to them, we're like a flag flapping in the wind. We could go this way, we could go that way. And then we just blend in with everybody else. And we don't want that especially as business owners, we don't want that. We want to be the person, the go-to person. Well, you can't be a go-to person if you aren't already a go-to person, um, which means you have to stand in your boundaries. So um, some people will be more gentle and kind with allowing you to do that. Some people, they're gonna run you over like a Mack truck, man. That's all right though. You can peel yourself off the pavement, just like Pink Panther and you'll be good to go. Or is it not, maybe it's not Pink Panther, it's a, Oh, it's the one with Wiley e. Coyote. I can't think of the, you know, which one I mean with the, with the uh, coyote that always gets smashed. So Looney Tunes. Anyway, I'm, I'm doing a lot of flashbacks. So if you guys are not from the 70s, you're not going to get any of these references. But um, okay, so that's number six. Number seven, the final one. And then I have some um, symptoms that I've laid out for you guys to maybe take a little checklist and go, ooh, do I have these? Then I might not be holding my boundaries. So, but number seven first, you only get one shot today. And so um, I'm sure you've heard the quote, uh, yesterday is past, the past is gone, the future isn't promised, and to the only thing you have is today, and that's why they call it the present. It's something like that. But um, tomorrow's a different day. So anything that you decide or don't decide today, it's over. Like tomorrow starts over so that I can be a good 
or a bad thing, depending on the decision. Um, but a good way to make decisions, especially around boundaries and around moving forward, is to ask yourself the question, if I say yes today, what will it mean tomorrow? What will it mean in a week? What will it mean in a year? What will it mean in five years? And if, for example, a really simple, um, a really simple example of this is if I say yes to client A, what does it mean for me tomorrow? Oh, it could mean a paycheck. What does it mean for me in a week? Oh, it means I'm gonna be doing all this work for him that I didn't really wanna do to begin with, for money that I didn't really, that I should have been paid more for. And what does that mean for you in a month? That means that I didn't get to take on two clients that I really wanted to work for because my client base was, or my client time was already full with this guy because he's high maintenance and he takes twice as much time as somebody that I really like working with. And so now instead of taking up one hour, he takes up two hours every day. And so I don't have time to go prospect and get the clients that I really want to work with that would be easier, quicker, etc. And what does that mean for you in a year? It means your business isn't growing. You're at half of the capacity of what you could have been. And in five years, it means it could mean the difference between being in business and being out of business. So when you look at your decisions and your boundaries, and whether or not you're staying true to yourself, if you put it through the, the question, if I say yes to this, what does it mean for me tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and five years from now, your clarity comes so quickly that you don't have to ask the question even through all five of those. Because by two or three, you're like, oh yeah, nope, I'm not gonna do this. Because you, it will immediately align you with where you're going, what you want to accomplish, and the impact you wanna make. And so um, if you say no, it works the same way. If you say no to this opportunity, what are you saying no to? Because there are people, there are yes people and there are no people. And if you are saying no to something, are you shutting yourself off from the opportunity? Are you shutting yourself off from the connections? Are you shutting yourself off from, um, because of fear? Are you, you go down that path as well. And so if the yes way doesn't work for you, try the no way. Um, and it's the same questions. If I say no to this, what does it mean for me tomorrow? What does it mean for me next week? What does it mean for me for next month? What does it mean for me next year? And what does it mean for me five years from now? So for example, if I say no to hiring someone as an assistant, what does that mean for me tomorrow? Well, I got to work a few extra hours, no biggie. If I say no um, to hiring somebody a week from now, well, I'm now three or four days behind, so I got to work on the weekend, but you know, that's all right. It's only for a short time. Uh, if I say no, what does it mean for a month from now? It means I am so overwhelmed. I'm pulling my hair out. I'm yelling at my kids. Um, I can't get ahead of the projects because it, everything is just being piled on me and I don't have anybody to help me. And a year from now, it means um, I haven't got that course off the ground that I really wanted to do. I haven't got to um, do the TED talk I wanted to do. I haven't got to um, get in front of the organizations that I really want to get to to grow my business. And what does it mean for five years from now? So you get the idea of what this looks like. And it's really um, critical that you take that and put it into effect when you are having struggles with holding your boundaries. Because people, situations, projects, um, and life, for lack of a better term, will suck your energy dry. 
which leads me into the final component of this episode. Um, and that is like, what are some of the symptoms that you might be struggling with boundaries? If you wake up every day and you are exhausted, that is a pretty good indicator that you have some boundary issues. Um, does it mean, you know, that you might not have some health issues as well, possibly, but health issues are also boundary issues. So take a good look at like, how are you feeling? Um, if you're emotionally exhausted or overwhelmed, that's another good example that your boundaries aren't being set and held. If you are feeling frustrated, cranky, or you're like my kids yesterday, like, why are you so angry? I'm like, oh, because I'm so sick of doing everything around here. And I was like, I really had to step back. Like, that was a great mirror. Like, why are you so angry? And if you're having, you know, if you're frustrated and cranky and angry and you're just like, oh, I don't know what's wrong. It's probably because you're not holding a boundary. You're trying to do it all. And especially um, it seems like moms and women in general try to do everything and like this great balancing act and not ask for help. And we're really not doing anyone any favors. And so um, the last symptoms I have is like, maybe you're feeling melancholy, like you're wishing for days gone by or you're wanting you know to have a little fantasy land on the beach with your beach house that doesn't exist and you're just like feeling melancholy and, and unmotivated to move forward so those are just a few symptoms that i jotted down if you're struggling with boundaries and um, i'm gonna just run through really quick the seven um tips lessons kind of things that i've learned about holding boundaries that I hope will help you. So number one was that you're going to help you realize what you do and don't want. It's going to help you reestablish and reconnect to your goals. That's number two. Number three is, this is my favorite, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. So be sure that you want to say that yes. Um, number four is to take responsibility for you and only you. Number five is don't try to fix other people because you can't. Number six was take some time to reflect, recharge, and reevaluate where you are, where you want to be, and where you're going. And number seven is to um, live every day as it's only there once, because it is. And to ask those questions, what will this mean tomorrow? What will this mean in a week, a month, a year, five years? I hope this is helpful for you. I hope that it will help you uh, as you are navigating not only your business, but your life during these turbulent times to make those decisions that propel you forward and bring you more, more joy. Until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay well, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new ideal client worksheet. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client.